Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, your weekly breakdown for everything going on in District 4 Athletics. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we're joined today by Mr. Controversy and also uh, apparently someone who is fat, F-A-T, that's Scott Burton. What's going on, Scotty? Hey, what's happening, Brandon? Uh, last Friday night, we played a, kind of a first responders kind of, kind of fundraiser football game, you know, and uh, first responders, all those young guys, the firemen and the police guys that stay in shape and whatever. And uh, they took on our JV team. Uh, and then they took on our alumni team from Jerome High School. And I was the oldest participating player. Uh, back from the class of 1988. And so that was a picture from that. And I survived. I walked away. <laughs> that was pretty good. Hey, can you throw that up there one more time? Yeah, can of course. We, let me see this. And again, if you're uh, watching this video version of this prepcast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you'll see what we're talking about. Audio only as well at IdahoSports.com and wherever you download your podcasts. That's that's good form running right there. You've got the pigskin tucked in and protected. It looks like you're getting ready to throw a stiff arm to that young young buck coming up behind you as well. You know, yeah, the funny thing is that young buck, I taught him back in the day. He was, he was in my class like 20 years ago or whatever it was. So it was funny lining up against those guys, going up against them. And uh, a lot of those guys I had coached and taught before. Uh, matter of fact, some of the guys on my own team, on the alumni team, I had coached and taught before. So it was a great time, raised a bunch of money, and uh, nobody was seriously injured in the making of this football game. <laughs> but for days later, we were reminded that we were not in our prime. Yeah, you needed a recovery weekend after uh, playing in that on last You're Friday. Not You're not kidding. Yeah, well, uh, let, let's go ahead and just dive in. We're, we're going to talk about the fun things that are going on in sports. But first, yep. let's, you know, we if you see on the, the video version of this prep cast, we have our little name tags at the bottom of the screen. Mine says Brandon Bainey. Scott says Mr. Controversy because we kind of kicked up a hornet's nest a little oh bit God. last week, just slightly. Uh, when we, you know, yeah. we spent pretty much the majority of our prep cast last week talking about uh athletes transferring from one school to another and you know some of the illicit things that are going on beneath the surface and right you know i think your experience was probably similar to mine for every 10 people we got feedback from nine said hey great job and then one one was like i'm i'm furious <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's absolutely right i mean what we kicked up last week, um, we knew we were going to hear about it. We did. But we didn't say anything that people didn't already think or even know. The only thing we did is we said what people wanted to say. You know, so we weren't like Woodward and Bernstein and breaking news. It was just like finally somebody spoke up. And 99% of the people that I heard, 99.9, .9, now these numbers aren't official, but um, that I heard from my phone blew up, my emails blew up and they were all saying the same thing. Hey, great job. We needed to hear that spot on 100%. Nothing you said was wrong or untrue or whatever. And that's what we got. Now, granted, like you said, there's going to be, you know, a couple of people out there that kind of take it the wrong way. But I think what you have to remember was 
last week we talked about three different separate arguments. And then I think what started to happen was maybe people started to kind of blend them all together, thinking that we were pointing fingers and we weren't. You know, we talked about the bear situation and the transfer and we how it was, uh, by everything that we know, a bona fide move. And how we talked about how Cameron Anderson has the perception and we defended him, you know, because we talked about how he builds things that people want to be part of, you know. So the, the problem, I think, was more just kind of not listening the correct way to it. But but again, I'm talking about a tenth of a percent of people. And that's it, you know, because then the other issues we talked about were eighth grade recruiting and then just kind of the loosely uh, interpreted rules when it comes to transfers and it's allowing people to transfer. Now, none of that had anything to do with anybody in particular, but they were three separate stories. And uh, those that listened correctly, the 99.9% .9 of them, they got it. And they went, holy crap, it's about time somebody said something. Now, whether or not that elicits a, a winds, winds of change, who knows? It's just going to bring awareness and people know what's going on. And that's the end of it, you know? But it was a controversial discussion that needed to be had. And, uh, you know, we never want to upset anybody. But at the same time, what we talked about last week, you know, we don't apologize for anything. You know, we said what was out there. We talked about perceptions. We talked about rumors. We talked about this is kind of how you have to see it. And this is what people were talking about, you know. And, um, and I thought it was very successful as evidenced by all the feedback that we got. Definitely. Uh, two, two things I would, I would echo to your points and then we can kind of close the, close the book on this thing sure. and, move, and move on. Um, yeah. but, uh, the first thing is, is, you know, I did hear feedback from people saying like, well, when you, when you specifically name an athlete like Gatlin bear, you know, it mm -hmm. does, it puts a lot of undue stress and pressure on him. And I get that, you know, we could have done better about saying, Hey, um, there was a pretty notable transfer. But, but, what, but what are we accomplishing there? Yeah, I mean, right. high-profile high athlete that wishes to re remain anonymous, moving from Kimberly to Burley. What are we supposed to say? You know, and nobody was pointing fingers at him. I mean, it was right. just that's a story. So, I mean, if that would have made everybody feel better, then fine, anonymous. Yeah, and, and you know, and going going forward, we'll try to do a better job of separating. Um, that, like you said, you know, I mm -hmm. think there was some confusion that we were picking on Gatlin Bear. That definitely wasn't the case. Right. And as no, we both said, not we both said, totally legitimate move. But this, that move helped spur this conversation. Is absolutely, is, absolutely, is how I would say it. Um, and I, I know there's probably one or two schools I, I probably won't be welcome back in, but that's <laughs> that's okay. Um, I I really hope in time that those schools can come around and realize that we weren't making any allegations we were just saying these are things we hear from people and they they have to hear those things as well they do they do right no they do okay well i'm, I'm good with it then and we can we can kind of leave it there i will say one last thing uh so we did get a message on the idahosports.com twitter account after we had this big conversation from an athlete up in lapway actually his name is sage lone bear and he is an awesome two-way offensive and defensive lineman and he said he took the time to send us a, a big long message and he said hey i know you guys just did a, a whole podcast on players transferring to other schools and he said, I have decided to transfer to Clarkston High School in Washington, and here's the reason why. And he laid it out and said, right. I'm an eight-man player, but I, you know, I'm getting 
big time college football looks. And so I want to learn to play the 11 man game before I go to college. And that makes total sense. I say, if you can do it, go for it because line play in 11 man football is much different than an eight man football. Right. You know, and that just kind of exemplifies the point we were trying to make too. It's like, you know, not every move is sketchy at all. I mean, kids move for a hundred different reasons, you know, and, and I would say a lot of them um, are legit and they have to for the benefit of their family and for their, you know, personal well-being or whatever the case is. That's it. You know, so good for him. And and obviously the reach of what we had to say yesterday really kind of or yesterday, last week, really got people thinking that, hey, I just don't want to be perceived this way because that's really all that was, was just perception. And we had to put it, you know, kind of put a light on it because and I know you hear it, too. Everything prior to that podcast that we shot last week, I mean, the stuff that I was hearing, my my phone, my inbox, everything blowing up, just wanting to point fingers at everybody. And and we're like, no, everybody just pump the brakes. Let's just have a discussion about this before the the court of public opinion just goes absolutely bananas. And, and so I thought we did that. And if people knew kind of the stuff that we were hearing prior to shooting that, they would go, OK, man, that was that needed to be said. And, and they did. And they and they truly did. And so the, the response was just phenomenal. Um, but again, you know, we don't want to upset anybody. And uh, but we do want to, to be honest with what we're saying and, and point out issues and stuff like that. And we did. So I'm very proud of last week's broadcast. Yeah, uh, me as well, Scott. So let, let's let's move on to what actually happened on the field last week. Yeah, um, back in it. yeah let's. Now, every time you bang your desk like that, it makes a really loud noise. So Sorry. I'm gonna, <laughs> I get excited sometimes. For the sake of our listeners and, and viewers, <laughs> okay, I'm going to say, Scott, you need to take a chill pill. <laughs> oh, you know how many times a day I hear that? Come on. Right. All right. Well, the, the, the big football game that we had last week on IdahoSports.com was Minico taking on Thunder Ridge. And this is a Minico team that, you know, they're – they're motivated is a good way to say it, but oh they, they, they feel like they get no respect um, and they're fine with that. And they came out and took it to a five, eighth under Ridge team pretty convincingly. They did. I mean, they jumped uh, up 27 to seven at one point and then just kind of cruised a little bit after that. But uh, you know, the thing about Minico is they, we talked about it last week, you talk about a team that's got all the talent in the world coming back, all the motivation coming back. You know, and so this was a big game just to kind of set the tone a little bit for them. And and the thing that was really interesting to me was the fact that they were able to do it in, in more of a balanced fashion offensively because Minico's ground and pound. I mean, they are just going to run the ball down your throat. That's it. The end. But, uh, you know, Carson Wayman only threw 17 times, but he was effective. He was nine of 17, 210 yards and a couple of touchdowns, you know, and so and, and plus he carries it 13 times as well. But to to add that element of throwing the football a little bit, man, that makes Minico even tougher to defend. And so they got off to a really good start. Uh, they rushed for 278 yards, threw it for 210. That's pretty balanced. They forced three turnovers. I mean, overall, Minico got off to the start that they needed. And, and that was you know good to see if you're a Spartan fan. Yeah, they won 40 to 21. And JT Garza earned idahosports.com player of the game honors he he's really known for his speed and his ability running the ball on the outside but he caught two touchdown passes mm-hmm. from carson Wayman, and uh one was for 45 yards and one was for 67 yards so minico showing hey we we have that big playability 
Yeah, and that's huge for a team that is just notorious for running the football, you know, right up the middle and all that misdirection in the backfield. But, uh, man, exciting year ahead for Minico if they can stay healthy. Definitely. And so uh, the Magic Valley had two teams competing last week. Minico got the win. Wendell, you know, took on a, a pretty strong Cold Valley Christian team from District 3. And even though they lost 34 to 21, I was actually really encouraged by the way that Wendell was able to fight and compete. And you can see it with with coach John Helmendaller. He he is slowly turning that culture around at Wendell. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, when you have a, a culture that is negative or just doesn't have a fight in them. Wendell had every opportunity just to roll over and die against Cole Valley, but they didn't, they fell behind and they fought back. They fell behind, you know, and they fought back, you know, and it was seven, seven at one point. Um, Cole Valley answered, went up 14 to seven, um, held Wendell to a, to a four and out, but the snap on the punt went over the head that set up another touchdown. It was 20 to seven. That's when you get a negative culture that just says, you know what, we're done, but not Wendell. And, uh, and it's good to see, and it's got Wendell excited about football again, because right before the half, Wendell went down and scored and made it 20 to 14 going in the locker room. And now all of a sudden you're excited again. And, and it just kind of went a little bit that way in the, in the second half. Um, before they got to that final score of 34-21, but they had some good performances. Gabe Finley, 217 yards and a touchdown at the quarterback position. Um, Jesse Chavez, nine carries, 45 yards. Finley, again, doing it all. Uh, eight carries, 16 yards, and a couple of scores. But, uh, you know, Wendell is un under their all-star coach, man. They, they've got a culture that is just screaming positivity right now. Yeah, and this is John Helmendaler's second go around with Wendell. He he knows this program. He yeah. he he bleeds that that Trojan blue and gold. And um, he you know this is an an example of how how much time he takes to the program. After every Wendell game, he will hop on the Wendell Trojans Facebook page and make a big long post for all the Wendell fans that couldn't be there for what you know. Hey, here's how the game went tonight. Um, our players had this this stat and this stat, and he does a really nice job of giving a big recap of how the game went. And so, you know, he doesn't have to do that. He, you know, he's got 5 million other things to do, but he, he really cares about this, the, the fan base as well. Yeah. You know, and th those are the little things that, that go a long ways because you get a community that gets behind you as a coach and with a coach doing stuff like that, it, it really shows a different level, you know? And so it gets the community on board. Definitely. Well, soccer kicked off last week as well. Uh, mm -hmm. The twin, the Twin Falls girls, of course, uh, such a strong program year in year out. They traveled to Pocatello to play a good five A team in Highland, a team that's been to state the last three years and earned a one to one draw. I thought that was a nice way for Twin Falls to open their soccer season. On the oh, way. you know what? And they were excited about it too. I mean, no, it's it's hard to get excited about a tie. But at the same time, Twin opened with Highland, and, and Highland's a good team. They opened with them last year, and Highland gave them a beat down six to one. But it's always a good litmus test right out of the gate to see kind of where you're at. And, uh, you know, Twin Falls has one heck of a goalkeeper in Sydney Junt, and she's going to keep them in a lot of games. But, you know, the thing about having Sydney at, at the keeper position is the fact that she can play all positions. And as good as Twin was last year, that left John just kind of hanging out in the in the box going, well, what do I do? Oh, there's a flower. Wow. 
cloud. Anybody want to ride bikes? I mean, it was one of those deals. But now you get somebody like Highland that's really good, and it really tested the skill. And she did a fantastic job in the net. Um, Twins goal came off of a corner kick. Um, Hannah McQueen and Kenzie Mason, they combined on that. So, you know, Twins were really excited, and they're excited for another solid season. And that's a good program over there. Very good. Yeah, they're uh, one and zero oh and one on the season. One and zero oh in conference play. They beat Minico twelve uh, nothing earlier this week. Uh, Canyon Ridge also off to a one and zero oh start in conference play as well. So the usual suspects, at least in girls soccer, it looks like on that on that girls side. Yeah. Uh, on the boys side, quickly we'll tell you as well in the Great Basin Conference. Uh, Canyon Ridge also one and zero in conference there, along with Twin Falls and Wood River. I think on the boys' side, it might be a little more balanced this year. You know, the most surprising thing to me, Scott, is I look at Jerome and they're zero and two overall and zero and one in conference play. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a rebuilding year for the young Tigers. They just they lost too many, but uh, Jake Wood, their coach, he'll get them going. It's just it's just one of those years where you just kind of empty the cupboard, so to speak, of big players. And so, yeah, hopefully they'll be relevant down the stretch. But that conference, like you said, is going to be pretty even. You know, what River's solid. Canyon Ridge is solid. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be the growth of these younger teams down the stretch to see if they can compete. Definitely. Um, before we dive into previewing what's ahead on the football schedule this weekend, um, we did get the first volleyball coaches polls of the season. Of course, it's all preseason. Nobody's actually played a volleyball match yet, but I thought we could just kind of go through that and see who the coaches think from our air from the Magic Valley, you know, might be pretty good this year. Um, in the 4A poll, Twin Falls, the defending champions in 4A, uh, they were third in the first preseason poll of the year behind Skyview and Bonneville Sky, Skyview uh, could have run rampant in five, a volleyball. Now yeah. they're down at four. A. It just, it doesn't even seem fair. But. No, it doesn't seem fair. And that's been kind of the thing with Skyview for years and years and years. It's like, dude, come on, stay, stay up and give everybody for a, uh, a little bit of a chance, but Skyview is just a powerhouse and you're right. It could have done some damage in five, a, so, so Twin Falls, you know, it's kind of like uh, those two years in the NBA when Michael Jordan went to go play baseball. You know, who would take advantage for the two years Skyview was gone? Well, Twin yeah, Falls was one of them. So, <laughs> That's exactly right. So good thing they got that one done because here comes Skyview again. Yeah, so Twin Falls was picked third in the preseason volleyball poll. Uh, Wood River and Canyon Ridge also received votes. Uh, Wood River, I think, is a team to keep an eye on for sure. They had such a great season yeah. last I year. That. I mean, you've got three great Basin teams right there that were just mentioned. Twin, Canyon Ridge, Wood River. You know, I mean, there's some pretty solid volleyball happening here in the Great Basin. Definitely. In the 3A poll, Kimberly was picked second by the coaches. Mm -hmm. And then in the also receiving votes category, you have Filer in there as well. Um, that one could be an interesting league. It's just the same four teams that always beat up on each other, it seems like. But Kimberly yeah. may have the edge. So, Yeah, I mean, that's where experience and tradition is going to come in. If you can bring back some uh, players that have been there, done that, a little bit battle-tested, they tend to went out in those kinds of situations. Nobody ranked in the two way poll. Declo did receive votes. In fact, Declo would have been sixth if the poll, you know, went six spots. So Declo was just 
missing the cut. And then Sun Valley Community School, they're they're a 2A school now. No more 1A D2. They jumped all the way from 1A D2 to 2A. So that's yeah. going to be interesting to me to see is how the cutthroats compete in volleyball and basketball. We know they're going to compete in soccer. They already play up at 3A in soccer, and they're awesome. But how, how, yeah. how are they going to do in volleyball and basketball now that they're 2A? I know that's going to be interesting. We have a, a volleyball tournament here on September 10th, and the cutthroats are going to attend and play. Uh, so we'll see. I'll get a chance to to see them and, and see how they do. But um, uh, Richard Weil over there, their AD friend of mine, just a great dude and runs a great school culture over there. So the cutthroats, they'll battle. Yep. 1AD1 poll. Murtaugh was picked second in the first coaches poll of the year. Oakley tied for fourth. So both Murtaugh and Oakley make the top five. Raft River just missed, missed the cut. They would have been sixth in the poll. And then Lighthouse Christian and Valley also got votes as well. So this could be, and Carrie and, Car- and, and Hanson all received votes. So this is, <laughs> this could be a real wild classification, 1AD1. It will. And it's going to be wild in football too. And we'll probably talk about that in a minute as well. Yeah, it's it's going to be really fascinating to watch that. And then at the 1AD2 level, uh, nobody in the top five. Um, but Dietrich, Richfield, and Hagerman all received votes. So that's what's volleyball, you know, and everyone keeps asking me, you know, hey, you, we hear you talk about football and soccer, but where's the volleyball stuff? Well, there's nothing to talk about yet. They haven't, they haven't yet. started. <laughs> but after this weekend, we'll have plenty of volleyball stuff to yep. go over. All right, let's take a look at what's coming up on the schedule this week. And, and we're not going to dive into every matchup every week. Um, so if uh, you want to see the full schedule of games and what's going on just go to idahosports.com mm-hmm. click on the schedules tab or even the scoreboard tab will tell you what's on tap and also you know we are bringing back magic valley game night once again we're going to bring you a magic valley game of the week we're going to be traveling yeah. all over i think we're in jerome this week scott yeah you are you got gooding in jerome this friday from uh tiger stadium it's going to be a good time. So you can always see which games we're going to be broadcasting by clicking on the game streams tab on the homepage at idahosports.com as well. So yeah, let's break it down. Let's see what is happening in football. Let's go ahead and start with uh <laughs> second year in a row, Scott, this is happening, but in the great basin yeah. conference, very first game for Burley and mountain home mm-hmm. is a conference game. This was a game last year that mountain home won 28 to 21. Um, I think if those teams had played in week seven instead of week one, Burley probably wins that game decisively. But because it came all the way back in week yeah. one, Mountain Home on that one game yep. rode a, into the playoffs on that one game last year from week one. Yeah, they did. And nobody thought anything of it after the game was played. But by week three, four, once we started kind of getting into it, we went, holy crap, that game might come back to determine a playoff berth. And for three and seven Mountain Home, it certainly did. And they made the playoffs based on on that game. So here they are again, going to do it one more time to start the season. Yeah, this Burley team, I feel, will be a little more um, equipped to take on a conference uh, opponent Mm -hmm. uh, only because they've played so many young guys over the last two years. Those guys are finally upperclassmen. Caleb Loveland is a great quarterback. Uh, Gatlin Bear, obviously, is going to be a factor on offense as well. And um, I mean, the thing about this Burley team is they are going to be very fast. They are going to have some speed. And that's going to allow them to stretch the field, put a lot of pressure on defenses. Um, And plus, on top of that, I mean, you got an excitement and a buzz going on. 
you know, over there that people are going to be excited. Players are going to be excited. Um, Ramsey Trevino, a three-year starter, returns. Jacob Williams returns. I mean, this is a team that has some weapons. And so it's, it's going to be tested right out of the gate because you have a conference game. With a, with a new scheme, a new coach, new everything. But as we learned last year, you don't get that non-conference right out of the shoot here. Uh, that This game becomes very important. And for Mountain Home, um, you know, injuries are killing them. You know, I mean, they it, it hurt them last year. Depth's always been an issue, and, and it seems to be an issue for everybody, really. Um, but they've got a, a, a big fella at quarterback, right? A 240-pound uh, quarterback. Brawler. Brawler yeah. is what Brawler Coach Clark called him. Yeah, so that's going to be a tough guy to, to, to bring down. But you know what's funny about that is, okay, so you, you've got a big guy quarterback. Well, who was the quarterback for Gooding all these years? Atkinson, right? He was a big fella, and he was a tough guy to bring down. Well, who was Gooding's coach all these years? Well, Cameron Anderson. So if you think a guy knows how to handle a big, big quarterback, that uh, Mountain Home's going to throw at him. It's going to be burly, you know. So uh, really interesting when you dive into storylines and all that kind of stuff. But um, uh, for Mountain Home, defense is going to be the question mark for them. Are they going to be able to stop Burley and these fast teams? And uh, they're going to find out week one. Yeah, that that uh, quarterback. You know, head coach Jim Clark in our season preview. He said, "I got a 240 pound brawler at quarterback, and he's got the perfect name if for a quarterback, Gus Winnings." Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, how do you argue with that? You know, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, for sure. So uh conference game right away. We'll see what happens uh, in that matchup between mountain home and Burley. Uh, the next game we're going to highlight is the game that we'll have on IdahoSports.com. It is the Jerome tigers hosting the Gooding senators in a three, a four, a non-conference battle uh, depth. I assume Scott is going to be the key at Jerome this year as well. It was certainly a problem last year when injuries started to pile up. Oh, no question about it. I mean, this is a game that's going to feature two teams that nobody knows what in the heck's going to happen because you've got Gooding that lost everybody and including their head coach. They lost Loveland. They lost Atkinson. They lost their water boy, few cheerleaders. I mean, what everybody's gone, you know? And so it's, it's a, a Tanner Bauman first year head coach, but he's been on the JV. I mean, he's got his work cut out for him because he has to find a way to put his own stamp on something that, has been successful for a little while. Right. So he's going to have to figure out who his players are, you know, um, Mason Lopes, Austin Olson, they, they, re, they return. They're going to be kind of important cogs in this. They'll lead the way. They've got a quarterback battle last I heard happening over there. So they're going to take a while to figure themselves out. Meanwhile, Jerome, on the other hand, they lost a ton of skill dudes, you know, so they are, their strength is going to be their offensive line. That's their bread and butter. Now they've got a couple of players that they can put in the backfield. Um, you know, Abram Garcia, Juan Benavidez, Daniel Gill, who might be playing quarterback. I mean, they've got some guys that can run the football behind this, this offensive line. Uh, but that offensive line behind Keenan Blair, Colby Coates, Mark Larson, they're solid. But it's also a new offense, too, really, kind of for Jerome. They're going to try to control the ball a little bit, control the clock, because they've run that Franklin spread offense for years. And so it's going to be a little different. And this game has got big, giant question marks. Nobody knows what to expect. 
Yeah, it'll be very fascinating to see these uh, two squads uh, like a boxing match kind of feel each other out and we'll see mm -hmm. who makes the adjustments. Um, another really good 3A game that I feel like is flying under the radar is Buell at Weezer. You know, every coach uh, that we reached out to in the preseason said, watch out for Buell. They're, yeah. they're going to be, you know, pretty dangerous team. Weezer, of course, is the defending 3A state champs. These two actually played in the playoffs last year as Buell got in in that wild Kansas City tiebreaker that yep. they held. But, um, you know, Weezer lost a lot of guys to graduation. And I think this is a good spot for Buell. To, to take them on yeah it is and the thing about buell is is they're excited about football again alan reynolds you know a buell grad back in the day um and just a an experienced veteran well-respected coach is back at the helm for a second year in buell and in his first year just generated so much buzz over there and excitement in buell you know even even though they went three and six they won in that that kansas city playoff and, and made the playoffs uh proceeded to get thumped by Weezer, but you know, now they get to play Weezer like two games in a row. They ended their season, then they're <laughs> going to begin their season with Weezer. Um, but you know, as far as Buell goes, you know, they re they do return some offensive and defensive linemen. The trenches will be solid for Buell, you know, uh, Jace Bowers running back and, and uh, senior quarterback Austin Franson's there. And so they've got some pieces to, you know, to play with. Um, so yeah, there is excitement in Buell, but Weezer, man, I mean, you're going against Tom Harrison, 40-year football coach, veteran all over the state, 12-1. and one. Um, and, and, boy, and if you followed football last year, I mean, how can you forget the goal line stop that they gave on that two-point conversion just to get them, uh, get them there uh, against Sugar? Boy, I mean, that, that video is – holy crap. What a, what a solid defensive play uh, that allowed them to get to the state title game and win it all. Um, but uh, they did. They lost some solid players. I mean, Brett Spencer now at Idaho State University, uh, Riley Willett and Willie Schertz, they were lost along with a ton, a ton of others. Um, but they get, you know, all-state player Brock Spencer back, you know, so they do have some weapons. Uh, Andy Enders is expected to play quarterback for Weezer. But uh, the funny thing about Weezer, as good as they are, and as they were state champs last year, their only loss came to conference foe Homedale. And you look at Weezer, they haven't won a conference title since 05, I believe, somewhere in there, you know, because it's been dominated by people like Homedale. But Weezer just kind of comes through the back door and then works their way to the state title game. So they're still going to be good. I don't think they have enough returning players to run it back. But with that tradition and, and their solid coaching and everything else, they'll be relevant. Yeah, they lost to Homedale seven to six last year. Yeah. Uh, that was one point cost them the conference. And then uh, Homedale played last week. I don't know if you had a chance to see this, Scott, but they've got this brand new turf they've put in at Homedale, and they hosted Laguna Beach, California. They hosted an out-of-state opponent, and this is no schlub. I mean, they went ten and two last year. Laguna Beach did, and they kicked the crap out of Laguna Beach. It wasn't <laughs> even close. So I, everybody's on notice. Homedale. Yeah, That'd be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Homedale is always good. And you talk about just football powerhouses at that division. Homedale Weezer, I mean, they lead the discussion. Yeah, oh, it's going to be uh, th that Buell Weezer game is going to be fun. And that is a game that we'll be bringing you on IdahoSports.com as well. Mm -hmm. Logan Green will have the call over in Weezer. So all you Buell fans can turn tune in on IdahoSports.com as they travel to Weezer for their season opener. Um, other football games that 
could be interesting. Let's drop down to the 2A level. You've got Declo, who, you know, rock solid as always. Death, taxes, and Declo lately, it seems like. And, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, they're going to travel and play Nampa Christian, a fellow 2A playoff team from a year ago. This should be a good um, barometer for Declo and kind of where they stack up in the hierarchy of teams around the state. Yeah, you know, the thing about Declo, they they started so well last year, 4-0, and and then they just kind of crumbled down the stretch and went 2-4. and uh, lost in the quarterfinals to to Firth, um, but they did lose some key players, and and that begins and ends with Derek Matthews. You know, I mean, if you've never heard of Derek Matthews, he was only a pretty decent wrestler, um, semi tough kid. You know, <laughs> might might arguably be the toughest kid in Idaho. I mean, four time state yeah. champion in wrestling. Uh huh. So. Yeah. So I mean, they they lose that toughness factor, and those are that's the kind of guy that just brings those intangibles to a team. Uh, they lost kind of a deep threat in Keegan Ramsey, or at least a home run hitter in, in Ramsey. Um, but they do return, you know, an all-state lineman, second-team all-state lineman, Aiden uh, Durantes, to help out up front. Um, but uh, I, I think the big thing is is what are the lessons that are going to be learned by Declo moving into the season? Because they learned a lot on defense last year. And will those lessons stick? Because penalties got them in trouble. Uh, playing a bit over-aggressive and giving up the big plays got them in trouble. You know, so they just need to be a little bit more disciplined this year defensively, uh, and then they can stick around and they can hang. You know, um, they're back to that two-team conference now, uh, Canyon Conference Wendell. Um, but uh, you know, Declo, uh, but like you said, death taxes Declo, right? So they'll 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 be around. But uh, Nampa Christian, man, eight and two last year. You know, the the big discussion coming out of last year with Nampa Christian was the Max Preps thing, right? Because here they go, uh, eight and two, win the conference big time, you know, just run away with it, really. And what what do they get for their efforts? A number five seed and a road game to Bear Lake. Yeah. They're number four, who finished five and three. So that generated a lot of discussion last year because, I mean, although they won the game, they had to turn around and take another long road trip um, to the, in the next playoff game in which they lost. And so, I mean, everybody's thinking, geez, well, what if it would have been different, you know? And so there's a lot of head scratching going on. Um, but for Nampa Christian, last year's seniors, man, they were stacked. You know, they lost, you know, quite a bit. Um, so this kind of is a reloading year for Nampa Christian as well. Their offensive line will be a strength. Pearson, Seguenza, Barton, Langdon. I mean, they're going to be the anchor of this Nampa Christian team. But um, I don't know. Uh, that's going to be a that's going to be a fun battle right there. Yeah, I, li- I like Declo personally in the matchup, and I-, I was on the call for that playoff loss to Firth in the quarterfinals last year. Yeah. That was a game Declo had, and Firth made a mad dash. They had no timeouts left. There was less than a minute to go. It was like fourth down and goal from the 19-yard line, and the quarterback from Firth just on a drawed-up-in-the-dirt kind of play just threw it to his running back in the end zone, and pen- penalties absolutely killed Declo in that game last year. So you hit the nail on the head with the penalties, and, and so we'll see if the Hornets can tighten that up a little bit with Coach Josh Stewart. All right, let's jump down to the eight-man game. Uh, the big storyline is Kerry moving yes. from 1A D2 to 1A D1, and, you know, there's no – it's it's like kind of like BYU going from the, uh, the, the West Coast Conference to the Big 12. Kerry's yeah. stepping right into it with Oakley, Raft River, uh, Valley, Murtaugh, Lighthouse. I mean, this is going to be really interesting. And so Kerry, uh, to get ready for that gauntlet, has scheduled a road game at Grace, which was a playoff team a year ago as well. Yeah. I mean, you think about 
the move from one AD one to or one AD two to, to D one that you, you don't think of as a big deal, but it is a big deal, especially when you consider the players that are at the D one level. Um, and Kerry has just under you know Lane Kirkland twenty two years at the helm at Kerry they have just been dominating. They have five state title games. Uh, they played in each of the past five one A D two state title games eight consecutive years in the semifinals. I mean, this is a pedigree of winning at that level. Okay. So now all of a sudden um, they're going to get that snake river conference, which is going to be absolutely insane um, with Oakley and, and Oh my gosh, it's, it's just nuts. Raft river Oakley. And we talk about them enough, but now you're going to throw carry into that mix. Holy cow. What a conference this could shape up to be. But the thing about Kerry and the cool thing about Kerry is they could play the whole underdog thing this year. You know, they could say, well, nobody expects us to win. I mean, it's, it's Raft River and Oakley all the time. Well, now it's us, but you know what? Kerry's got some players coming back, you know, that could really make a difference led by Connor Simpson, of course, who the, just the man, the, the little guy that just is the muscle hamster. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Doug Martin, the muscle hamster from Boise State. This is who Connor Simpson reminds me of because he's not a big dude, but he run, ran for, what, 2,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns last year, and nobody could stop him. He's bad. So I am really interested to see what this conference shapes up to be. Yeah, and the other variable into that conference is Valley, as we transition to our next game. Valley making the, the move to 1A-D1 as well, except they're going from 2A to 1A-D1. And I, I really do think that Valley was sort of out of place in the 2A game. I really do think that 1A-D1 is where oh. Valley belongs. And now all of a sudden, they're a young team. Yes, they've got a lot of sophomores that they're counting on, but Valley, it wasn't that long ago, was a pretty good 1A-D1 power in the playoffs pretty pretty annually. Oh, yeah. I mean, they won the title in 15 and 18. And then, you know, they had to go up to 11-man football, and they just don't have the dudes to put 11 guys on the field, you know. And so everything became exposed. And they they had to learn how to play 11-man. They didn't have dudes to fill 11-man, you know. And during that run where they were so good, they lost a lot of, a lot of guys that were just big dudes at the eight-man level. And then they had speed, whatever, whatever. But uh, they're where they belong now because that stint – uh, at the 2A was not kind. I mean, one win in two years and just getting manhandled just was not for Valley. They, they're back where they belong, I think. Um, but uh, it's a sophomore heavy team. So there's, like you said, they're still young, but they can stay there. They can take this sophomore group and develop them over the next year or two and, and be relevant again. You know, their reward, well, Raft River, hopefully, carry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. and and, and like Carrie, to prepare for this gauntlet of a league, they have scheduled an extremely tough non-conference opener. Everybody gets, because it's a gigantic like seven or eight team league, everybody gets like one non-conference game basically. Mm -hmm. And so for Valley, they're going to travel to Butte County. Yes, Butte, Butte County is a, is a team that's like typically got like 30 kids on its sideline. It's like, did every oh. boy in the school come out for football? It's like serious. They they have, have you know enough for a second string unit on both sides. That's going to be a very tough game for Valley Butte County is really good. Yeah, they are good. And that's, I, I think that's the number one thing that you notice if you ever watch a Butte County football game is the amount of guys they've got on <laughs> the sideline. And it's like they've, they've got eight dudes out on the field, 25 others on the sideline. And you're like, how does an eight man squad or a one, eight, 
squad able to do this? Buchanan just gets guys out. It's it's really insane. And this team, you know, they were a game away from the state title game last year, and uh, they they just get everybody out. They're they're going to be, you know, so solid again because they've got depth. You know, and there's no reason why they're not going to be around in November. So this is a really tough opening game for Valley. Yeah, good weekend for eight-man football, and we'll wrap up with the annual Idaho Eight-Man Classic taking place at Middleton High School. IdahoSports.com will be broadcasting all three of those contests. Raft River was supposed to be a part of it. They were supposed to play Lapway, and it was supposed to be four games, but Lapway dropped out. So Raft River uh, basically has the week off, and then they're going to travel up to Kamii next week. That's kind of a quick game they they filled in on their schedule there. So no, no chance to see Raft River, but we're going to get to see Oakley. And we're going to get to see Glens Ferry. So Glens Ferry will play in the second game of the day against Clearwater Valley. And this will be a good measuring stick for Glens Ferry where, you know, are they going to challenge for the top three spots in the conference? Probably not. Not because they're not good, but because Oakley, Raft River, Cary are also good. But if Glens Ferry can get a win here over Clearwater Valley, that's going to help their max preps rating to where even if they finish fifth in the conference, they'll get into the playoffs. Well, you know, the thing is Clearwater Valley, they made the playoffs and they've got a lot of returning guys. Um, it's going to be a tough one. I mean, Clearwater Valley did lose All-State player Dylan Pickering, who's now playing at the College of Idaho. But uh, they have speed, strength, size. This Clearwater Valley team um, is, is going to be a tough, tough task for Glens Ferry. That's a tough opener. Yeah, and, and mum's the word out of Glens Ferry. We, uh, that's one of the few previews we have yet to write. We haven't heard anything back from them, so we're kind of putting together our best guess. I can tell you that one of the better athletes for Glens Ferry, Justice Schrader, he was a baseball football player. He transferred to Lighthouse Christian, so he, he's gone. <laughs> so they, mm-hmm. they don't have that. Um, could be a tough year for Glens Ferry, especially uh, in this loaded conference, but it all starts against Clearwater Valley on Saturday. And then the the last game of the eight-man classic is, is going to be the best one by far. It's Prairie and Oakley. Oakley, the two-time defending uh, champs, and Prairie was the team that won it before Oakley went on their run. So, And this Prairie team is undergoing some changes. You know, um, eight and one last year, right? But they've got a brand-new head coach. T.T. Uh, Kane is going to have to replace the uh, legendary Hasselstrom, who's stepping down after, what, 21 years or so. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a huge loss. So, you know, that culture for the past two decades has been what it was at Prairie. And now there's a new general. And, you know, they they lost a lot of guys. Prairie did. I mean, um, they lost uh, Lane oh, Schumacher. Man. They uh, caught, you know, uh, Brody Hasselstrom. Um, I mean, you can just go right down the list of all these guys that uh, the Prairie lost. So it's going to be a rebuilding year for them, not just with new players, but with a new coach as well. Yeah, and I know Prairie is very motivated. They lost to Lapway in the playoffs last year after beating Lapway in the regular season, and kind mm-hmm. of a kind of a fluke thing. But Brody Hasselstrom, their their star running back and and the son of Coach Ryan Hasselstrom, uh, he he had to have his appendix taken out, and so he wasn't available for that playoff game. And you can't really control when your appendix is going to burst. And <laughs> you can't. You know, fun little fact <laughs> about Prairie though is is over the course of all of these years. Um, and let's just take the past 10 years, for example, this shows you kind of a, a program and a system that's been at Prairie because we are all subject in high school uh, to the kids that we get, you know, for the most part. And in this past 10 years, 
they've only been held to single digits twice in 10 years, both by the same team, Genesee. Um, they have topped 50 points 65 times, and then they have eclipsed 70 points 21 times. I mean, think about that. That is an offensive juggernaut that has always been prairie. The question now is, can they continue that with all the new faces that they've got coming this year? Not against Oakley, they can't. I'll say I'll step out on that limb because, <laughs> you know, Oak, Oakley has so many studs returning. Yeah, yeah did they do. lose? Did they lose Peyton back? Yes. Did they lose Dace Jones? Yes. But man, they've got so many talented playmakers coming back. Well, you know, and, and Oakley, and we talked about this a couple times last year on previous broadcasts. Is, you know, why is it always Raptor River? Why is it always Oakley? Why is what is special about some of these one A schools? that make them so good year in and year out. Well, it's, they are the last Americana. They are the last farming, total blue collar, just tough kids to where practice is the easiest thing that they're doing that day. And, and that's what makes these teams so good is they just get it. And that just stands out to me when, when you talk about teams like Oakley. Uh, and Raft River and that and that that bunch there. It's just they're just tough. Yeah, Oakley's going to be my number one team. Uh, in, in I vote in the media poll every week. Oakley will be my number one until somebody knocks them out because they've proven it two years in a row. So, uh, eight man classic on IdahoSports.com. Oakley against Prairie. Glens Ferry against Clearwater Valley. And then a couple of others. You know, we got Buell at Weezer Friday night and also Gooding at Jerome. So plenty of Magic Valley football to whet your appetite here in week one of the season. We're off and running, Scotty. We're, we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. Yes, we are. I'm excited. Uh, you know, everybody kind of kind of hoes and hums about coming back to school. You know, summer break is over. But the thing that just kind of sweetens all that up, you get back into sports. And it's a lot of fun. No doubt. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Magic Valley Prep Cast once again. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.